I want to invite you to grab your copy of God's Word this morning. Join me once again in the book of Malachi. Malachi chapter 3, verses 6 through 12 is where we'll spend our time together this morning as we continue walking through this important book from the Old Testament, right 400 years before Jesus would come and walk this earth. That's where the text is set. And as we get ready this morning, I want to ask you this question. What do you wish your parents or your teachers had told you about money before you came an adult? What do you wish they had told you, right? How many of you had no idea what FICA was until you saw your first paycheck? Like, where did this money go? How many of you signed up for student loans not really thinking about the fact that you needed to pay them back with interest? Signed up for a mortgage and start looking at the paperwork down the road and you're like, wow, that's 30 years of my life making that payment every single month. You know, as we talk about money in church, it always gets a bit awkward. We're just being transparent with one another this morning. Most pastors skip over talking about money or that's all they talk about is money. The great news, church, is that since we walk through books of the Bible, we talk about it when the text talks about it. And so just to give you a heads up this morning, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about this issue of giving and what it means for us as believers to give. So buckle up as we get ready to walk through this journey, but I hope for you this morning it's an encouragement and a challenge as we walk through the text. I want to read for us this morning, Malachi chapter 3, beginning in verse 6. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will a man rob God, yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed For you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Father, we ask this morning that you would open our eyes that we would be able to see. That you would open our ears that we would be able to hear. And that you would open our hearts and our minds that we would be ready to respond to your word and to your spirit. 
We ask this all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now, if you've been with us, you know that we've been walking through the book of Malachi. We've been looking at what's going on in the nation of Israel at this point in time as they have come back from captivity in Babylon, as they have begun to reestablish their community, as they've rebuilt the temple, as they've reinstituted the sacrificial system of offerings, as they have kind of eased back into life as normal, fully expecting that God is going to do what God has promised to do, and that is to send the Messiah to this earth to come and to save his people. That's what they're looking for and longing for. But as we've seen through this journey through the book, they at this point in time have grown a bit weary that God maybe is not going to hold up his end of the bargain. That maybe God is not going to come through like we thought he was going to come through. They are looking and longing for the Messiah and they've just gotten tired and weary of waiting. And at this point in time, they've pretty much checked out emotionally, spiritually in their walk with the Lord. For them at this point in time, they are still going through the motions, they're still showing up at church, they're still bringing offerings, but it's done with half-hearted approach. They're just not in it. Their heart's not in it. And what we've talked about as we've walked through the book of Malachi is that God is more interested in your heart than he is in what you do. We've used the illustration before, if your kid needs to apologize to their sibling because they've gotten in trouble for something, we know what it looks like for them to offer an apology with their whole heart. And it doesn't look like, I'm sorry. But it looks like an actual true apology. I'm sorry for doing this. I shouldn't have done that. So we know that, and that's what's going on in the nation of Israel at this point. They are not approaching the Lord full-hearted. They are simply half-hearted in their approach to the Lord. But I want you to notice that the first part here, the Lord says, I don't change in verse six. Isn't that encouraging? That we serve a God who does not change. And he says here, you've turned aside in verse seven from my statutes. You've not kept them. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was God at this point and had walked through all that Israel had walked through in their relationship with him, I probably would have said something like, we're done, I'm taking you out, and I'm going to have someone else. I want you to notice that's not what God says at all. In fact, the Lord says here, return to me. God in his mercy and his grace says, come back to me. Standing here with open arms, ready to receive you, ready to restore this relationship, ready to do what I've promised to do, return, come back with wholehearted devotion and worship of me. And the Lord's promise to them is, I will also return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Now just think about that for a second. God's heart for his people is come back. Come back to me. I'm ready to receive you. I'm ready to forgive you. I'm ready to restore this relationship. I know you've been coming half-hearted, but give me your whole heart and let's walk in relationship together. If you'll come back, I will turn back to you. 
want you to notice the people's response. We've seen this over and over again as we've walked through the book of Malachi. The Lord will say something to them like, I love you, and they'll say, prove it. And the Lord will say to them, I am a God of justice. I'm going to accomplish my purposes. And they'll say, it sure doesn't look like it. And here, notice what their response is as the Lord says to them, return to me, and I will return to you. And here's what the people say. How? In fact, there is a bit of smugness in this response. There's a bit of sarcasm. Some of you have the spiritual gift of sarcasm, which is not a spiritual gift, all right? Just to let you know that. It's not in the list. It's not one of those. But at this point, sarcastically to the Lord, they're saying, how shall we return? Now notice what the Lord had said previously. He had said, I've made a covenant with you as my people. I've called you to walk in obedience to that and you've forsaken that. You've turned from me. Your heart is not directed towards me in worship. And they say, how? How is it not? And I want you to notice where the Lord goes because the Lord's walked through a number of things in the book of Malachi to say to his people about their worship of him. He's called out points. He's talked about their half-hearted worship. He's exposed areas of sin in their lives. He's shined a light on those things. And here, I want you to know where he goes. He goes to their checkbook. You know, one of the things that Jesus said often in his ministry is that the way in which we steward, use our resources shows who or what we are worshiping. In fact, Jesus talked about money more than he talked about almost anything else. You've got to ask the question, why? Why would Jesus talk about money more than he talks about anything else? Because money has a funny way of gripping our hearts in such a way that we worship it instead of worshiping the Lord. And to his people here, he says in verse 8, will man rob God? If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write down this main idea. It's going to frame the rest of our time together in the text this morning. And it's this truth. Giving is an act of worship. Giving is an act of worship. Now that's giving of our time. That's giving of our talents, that's giving of our treasure, our resources, our money. Giving is an act of worship. Throughout the entire book of Malachi, we've seen the Lord highlight. It's the reason we titled the series The Heart of Worship because what we do is worshiping something or someone. Every second of every day, we are worshiping something or someone. The way in which we spend our time, the way in which we spend our talents, the way in which we spend our treasures is ascribing worth to someone or something. And notice this, that for God's people here, giving is simply a response to what God has already done for his people. I want you to keep that in mind. That giving 
is simply a response to God having already given to us. So when we talk about this conversation of giving, we don't begin the conversation with us. In fact, we begin the conversation with God because if we want to know what it looks like to give and to give generously, we simply look at our Heavenly Father and we say, what does it look like to give generously? It looks like the Father sending His Son to this earth to die on the cross for our sins. So when we give, it's simply a response to God having given to us. And as I say, every single week when it comes time to give, we can't pay that debt back. Hear me this morning. You can't outgive God. You cannot outgive Him. And here to His people, He says, you are robbing me. So in failing to give Malachi tells the people here, you rob God. And you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. Notice the response, you are cursed with a curse for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. God looking at his people says to them, what's evident of your half-hearted worship towards me is your giving. And he says to them in the context here that you are not bringing the full tithe in. Now let me just cut to the chase on the bottom level right here. Cookies on the bottom shelf for you, okay? In the last five years that I've been at North River Church, we have met budget every single year. This, I want you to hear my heart in this. I am not trying to guilt you into giving this morning, all right? Can we just put that? I'm not trying to guilt you into giving. But at this point in time, what I want you to know is that God does have an expectation of his people to give to support the work of his kingdom ministry in this world. And the primary place where that is accomplished is through the local church. And so here for God's people, he says to them, you are not bringing what is mine. Think about that. What we know that scripture teaches is that everything we own is actually God's. Everything that we have has been entrusted to us by God. God has graciously said to you, here is what I'm going to give to you. And then he says to his people here, he says to us, give a portion of that back to me to support the work that I'm doing in the world through the church. So at this point, God's people are not doing what he's called them to do. And the Lord says to them, you are robbing me. Now think about that. God doesn't need their money. Just put that in perspective. God doesn't need anything from us. If you look at the scriptures, God says, if I was in need, I would not let you know. But at this point, God has said, my covenant with you has been one of you walking in obedience to my commands. And one of the commands that God said for his people to follow was that they would tithe, that they would give a tenth of their increase, their income, back to the temple. 
that they would do that to support the work of God in that community, that they would be able to utilize that to continue to move forward, that it would support not only the temple and the functions that were going on there, but also support the poor, also be able to be used for helping meet needs as those arise. And at this point in time, God says, you are not bringing it in. And for his people here, God's saying to them, the issue is not the money. The issue is your heart. The issue is your heart in this. I want you to hear that this morning as well. God is more concerned with your heart than he is with how much money you give. But let me put the caveat on there. Your generosity demonstrates where your heart is in relationship with the Lord. So at this point in time, God says to his people, your heart is far from me. You are not worshiping me with a whole heart because evidence of that, you're not giving So I think the question for us this morning is, where's our heart? Could we look at our generosity level and ask the question, is our heart directed towards the Lord? Are we seeking to store up treasures in heaven or is our heart focused in a different direction? Now this morning, if you're here and you're not a part of North River Church family, I wanna let you off the hook real quick, okay? This is not a message to try to get you to give to a church that you don't yet belong to. But if you call North River Church home, church family, you should support financially the ministry that God is doing here. It shows where your heart is. To his people, God says, you are robbing me. Now, as we look at that statement, probably could have been a number of reasons why they would have said when we're doing what we're doing. One is that they were half-hearted, but the other thing is they had been walking through difficult times. They'd been walking through difficult season. They had experienced famine. They had walked through a struggling situation. I mean, they were just getting back into the land and beginning to produce a harvest. And there were a lot of good reasons probably why they weren't giving the full amount that they should have been giving. And you may have that same thought in your mind. Pastor, that sounds great, but you don't know my financial situation. And you're exactly right. I have no idea what your financial situation is, but God does. God does. And God's desire for you is that you trust him with what he's entrusted to you. I want you to notice as we continue on that not only does Malachi say in failing to give, you rob God, but he says beginning in the second part of verse 10, in failing to give, you rob yourselves. Notice this. The first part of verse 10, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby, listen to this, put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more 
need. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Notice what God is saying here. He's saying, not only are you robbing me, and that's bad enough in and of itself, but he says, you are also robbing yourselves. Now, how are they robbing themselves? The Lord says here, Put me to the test. Try it out. Give to me and see if I will not bless you above and beyond anything that you could ask or imagine. See if I will not bless you. Try it. We know we serve a God who doesn't break his promises. And to his people here, they are looking and they're saying, God, we'd bring more, but you know, our crops just didn't do great this year. God, we bring more, but you know, we're just trying to get back on our feet. God, we do more, but, and the Lord says, will you try? Will you just try? Will you put me to the test? Will you try and see if you will faithfully give if I will not bless you? Try it out. Not only if I will not bless you, but that I will actually put a barrier in place for those things that seem to be taking away what you're earning right now. Think about that. I've heard churches go through the process and say, listen, try it for 90 days. Give for 90 days. And if at the end of 90 days you go, just didn't work out, we'll give you your money back. We're not doing that at North River. (laughs) But isn't that the biblical principle that the Lord is laying out for them? He's saying, listen, Will you trust me? Think about this. If we are willing to trust God with our salvation, why would we not trust him with our money? At this point in time, the Lord says to his people, yeah, you're robbing me, but the truth is you're robbing yourself. So let's think about that in terms of giving financially. Robbing from God and then robbing from ourselves. One of the greatest things that you can be a part of is doing work for the Lord both here and around the world. And here's what I want you to know. At North River Church, that's our heartbeat. So every dollar that's given, 10 cents of every dollar leaves North River Church to support missions work around the world. So if you are a giver at North River Church, I want you to know that what you give not only makes an impact here, but it makes an impact throughout this world. It supports missionaries who are serving overseas. It supports theological education in the United States. It supports church planting efforts in some of the major metropolitan cities in the world. When you give, that's what it accomplishes. And here's the thing that I want you to think about. What if one day you are walking the streets of gold in heaven and someone comes up and says, what you gave through the ministry of North River Church is the reason that I'm here today. And yet, here's what's going on. For God's people here, The Lord is saying to them, you're robbing yourselves of that blessing of giving. You're robbing yourselves of the joy of giving. 
You know, it's interesting when you come to Christmas time and you have kids, they want to give gifts. And what's interesting about that is they typically don't have money. I don't know if you figure that out or not. It's a pretty sly deal that they don't have any money. And so they'll often come to you as a parent and they'll say, Daddy, I want to give you a gift for Christmas this year. And you're like, okay. And they're like, but I need some money. But what do we do? We want them to learn what it means to give. We want them to experience the joy of shopping for that gift, for them to experience the joy of on Christmas morning watching you tear open the paper. We, we want them to experience that, to, to enjoy being able to give. And that's the same thing that the Lord desires for us. I want you to hear me this morning. God doesn't want something from you. God wants something for you. And in giving, you open up the opportunity for the Lord to work in and through your life in ways that you would not had you not given. And that counts for our money. That also counts for our time as we give that unto the Lord. That counts for our talents as we serve and we use the gifts that God has given us for His glory. As we do those things, as we give, We experience the blessing of God in our lives. Not only that, Malachi says to the people, in failing to give, you rob others around you. Notice verse 12. And this is on the back end of the Lord saying to his people, you are robbing me and you're robbing yourselves. He follows up by saying, then if you will give, if you will trust me, You will experience the blessing, but not only you. Look at verse 12. Then all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. So when we fail to give, not only do we rob God of what's rightfully His and what He's called us to return to Him, not only do we rob ourselves of the joy of giving and of the blessing that God promises to give to us as we walk in obedience and faithfulness to Him, but we also rob those around us. Think about that. For the nation of Israel at this point, the Lord says to his people, you could have a greater impact in the world in which you find yourself with, with the nations surrounding you, if you will simply give the way that I've called you to give. Now think about that. For them at this point in time, they are able to be a blessing to the nations that are around them. Don't you notice the same thing's true as you come to North River Church, that we are able to be a tremendous blessing to those outside of this body as we are able to have funding to give. And as we think about reaching teenagers for Jesus, as we think about reaching kids for Jesus, as we think about making an impact in this community, as we think about partnering with foster care ministry in this community, as we think about all of the avenues in which God desires to use North River Church, the way in which we can do that 
is through your giving. Because where there's surplus, you can be a blessing. It's true in your life personally, but it's true in the life of the church as well. And I want you to know this morning that our heartbeat above anything else is not to just sit in this building and hoard cash. My desire is for us to do everything we can to deploy as much as we can to reach this community and the world. And so at this point in time, the Lord says to his people, not only are you robbing me, not only are you robbing yourself, you're robbing those around you who could experience the blessing if you would simply give. So we come to the end of the text this morning and we ask the question, what do we do now? No, the ushers are not coming back up. (laughs) And no, Pastor Scott, we joked this past week, he's like, should I finish up at the end of the service with Jesus paid it all? (laughs) He said, but you know, the next part of that is all to him we owe, right? But now here's what I want as we come to the time to close out this service this morning. I want you to pause and think for just a minute. Not to what we've talked about just recently, but to the beginning. That giving is an act of worship. Giving is simply a response to a God who has given to us. And maybe you're here this morning and This is the first time that you've really thought about the fact that God has given something to you. And what God has given is His Son, Jesus Christ, who came to this earth, who lived a sinless and perfect life, who took your sin and my sin upon Himself on the cross, who paid that debt that you and I owed because of our sin. And before we get to the concept of you giving, maybe today what you need is to receive what God has already given to you. You need to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. And in just a few moments as we sing, we have an opportunity to respond to the Lord. I'm going to be down front and I'd love to help you take that step if you need to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior this morning. But if you have taken that step, I just want to ask you the question, do you trust God? Do you trust Him enough to be willing to do what He's called you to do in giving? Or are you content to rob Him, to rob yourself, to rob those who could benefit from what you give? You know, I know this is not an easy message. That's why most pastors skip it. But for us this morning, there is not a lack of resources. There potentially is a lack of wholehearted worship before the Lord. And for us this morning, who are believers, may we ask that question of ourselves. Do I trust God enough, not only for my salvation,
but through what he's entrusted to me to give back to him. I want to ask you to bow your heads with me and close your eyes. If you need to take that step this morning of trusting Jesus Christ, of receiving the gift of salvation, this morning you can do that by simply uttering a prayer like this. Father, thank you that you show us what it means to give. Thank you for sending your son Jesus. And right now, I receive the gift of salvation. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin. And I'm placing my faith and trust in him for salvation. Save me. If you prayed that prayer this morning, I want to encourage you as we get ready to sing here in just a little bit, if you'd come down to the front and share that with me. Let me know that you took that step of trusting Jesus, of receiving that gift. Maybe you're a believer this morning who the Lord has convicted your heart and you've realized you trust him for salvation, but not with your money. And you want to recommit this morning to be generous, not only financially, but with your time, with your talents. Maybe this morning you need to make a commitment before the Lord that your financial house is in a mess, but you want to take the steps that are necessary to clean it up. And the good news is we can help you do that. We can equip you to take those steps. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for even the difficult topics that it covers. Thank you that you've not called us to shy away from those. But for us to hear your word this morning and to respond in obedience to it, So, Father, for the one who's here that has prayed that prayer today to trust Jesus as their Savior, to receive the gift of salvation, would you give them the courage in just a minute here to walk down, to share that? Father, for the believers that are here, would you challenge their hearts and encourage their hearts that if they have not yet trusted you with what you've entrusted to them, that they would make a decision today moving forward to test you, to see if you'll do what you promised as they give, give generously and give faithfully. We ask that in Jesus' name, amen. I wanna invite you to stand if you would. If you need to respond this morning, you've trusted Jesus as your savior, I'll be down front, love to pray with you this morning. You respond to the Lord.